For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. This is part four of the series. So ultimately, Messiah is going to want his bride to repent. He wants to see restoration and reconciliation of the relationship. So there has to be a separation from the other gods that she went after. So there's going to have to be a separation from Pharaoh and Egypt. So in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, it says, It came to pass in the process of time that the king of of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when we go after other gods, when we depart from the Torah, we are going to come under bondage and oppression when we depart from the Torah. So ultimately, then, Yeshua wants to redeem his bride, so he's going to have to redeem her. He's going to have to purchase her back. And so in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, that... These words are written that Yeshua commanded Moses to tell the children of Israel, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. So we're going to now see where we have the phrase, I will take you to for me to be a people. That word take is the Strong's number 3947 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. It's the Hebrew word makak. And we're going to see where that word is translated as Mary in Numbers in chapter 12, verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake unto Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, I will take. For he had married, I will take an Ethiopian woman. And so the redemption of Yeshua's bride from her breaking the covenant and following after other gods, he's going to redeem her by laying down his life and shedding his blood for her redemption if 
if she's willing to have a change of heart and repent of her sins for going after other husbands, other gods, and return to him. Exodus chapter 12, verse 31. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. So the blood of the lamb is to be put on the doorpost. And the doorpost represents our heart. And so we are to have a change of heart and we are to apply Yeshua's shed blood to our heart, which is our altar because we are the temple of God. And so in Exodus chapter 12, verse 7, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. So the blood of the doorpost and the door itself and the blood being on it is going to resemble the Hebrew letter Chet. And in the book by Grant Luton on page 89 entitled In His Own Words, he explains the following about the Hebrew letter Chet. When the blood of the Passover lamb was placed upon the doorpost and lintel of each Hebrew home, that blood formed the shape of the Hebrew letter Chet. The letter, which is synonymous in the Jewish mind with life, and so uh, therefore they're going to be redeemed by the blood, and it's through the shedding of blood where there is a remission of sin. And so then that blood was put on the two side posts and it was put at the base of the door and the base of the door is also called the threshold of the door. So putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost what was happening here is the redemption came about by the blood of the lamb in obedience to the instruction of the God of Israel and what was happening is there was a threshold covenant that was being made here. So Passover and the redemption of the children of Israel out of Egypt came about through a threshold covenant. Exodus chapter 12 verse 22 it is written and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. So the Hebrew word that's translated as basin, the Strong's Hebrew number 5592 is the Hebrew word that is also translated translated as threshold. And you will strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. The Hebrew word is and can be interpreted as threshold. We can see this, that the doorkeeper guards the threshold in Psalm chapter 84 verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand, and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And so what's translated as doorkeeper, the meaning is to guard the threshold. So the redemption came by the blood of the lamb. So this is a prophetic foreshadowing of Yeshua, who is not only the bridegroom of his bride, the nation of Israel, but Yeshua is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Exodus chapter 12 verse 13, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So Yeshua said that he is that door. In John chapter 10, verse 7 and verse 9, Yeshua said, I am the door of the sheep. And then in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. We see that spiritually Yeshua is our Passover lamb. Paul explained this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, as it is written.
is written, for even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. And John the Baptist, or Yochanan the Immerser, he recognized and declared Yeshua as being the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. And so, the way that the Bride of Messiah is redeemed, the way Yeshua redeems the world, is through his shed blood, but his bride and the world needs to repent of their sins, which is following after the ways of the world and the world's system, in order to be redeemed by Yeshua through his shed blood. And the way that he saves her is by grace through faith, and as an outcome of how he saved, redeemed, or delivered her, he wants her to love him by keeping his commandments and to follow him and his Torah with her whole heart and to be led by his Holy Spirit. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. For you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Messiah as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So without blemish and without spot is a characteristic of the bride of Messiah. Taking it back to the Hebrew, it's Tamim. And Abraham was was asked to be Tamim in being called out of Babylon Ur of the Chaldees. So in the book, in the commentary on the Torah to the book of Exodus on page 69 by Moses Nachmanides or the Ramban, he writes, I will redeem you. The meaning of Ga'ula, redemption, is close to the subject of Meher, sale, thus implying I will buy you from the Egyptians so redemption is a purchase. And so deem means a transaction, a sale. Redeem means to purchase again. You're being redeemed. And so it's a purchase. And this purchase comes through Yeshua's shed blood. And so now once we are redeemed by his shed blood, he has purchased us and we've been bought with a price. So therefore our lives are not our own anymore to live, but we are to live our life unto Yeshua, his kingdom, to bear fruit for his kingdom, and to do the will of God in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And then in being bought with a price, how are we to give our lives unto the God of Israel? We're to do it as a living sacrifice. And this would be in the Torah, a burnt offering. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we are to wholly and completely live our lives and give our lives for the God of Israel to do his will and the service of his kingdom. In doing so, we will be that living sacrifice. And so Yeshua redeemed his bride out of Egypt so that she would once again serve him. And the way she is to serve him is to be obedient to him. And the way that she is to be obedient to him is to follow his Torah. And so we see in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12, 
12, and he said, Certainly I will be with you, and this shall be a token unto you that I've sent you, that when you've brought forth the people out of Egypt, you will serve God upon the mountain. So the redemption is to serve the God of Israel. Now in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 55, it is written, For unto me the children of Israel are servants. They are my servants whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So the redemption is for the purpose to serve the God of Israel and we are his servants and we are to see ourselves as his servants and we are called to serve as a bond servant which means we freely choose to serve our master with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength with love and with devotion. Exodus chapter 21 verse 2 and verses 5 and 6. If you buy a Hebrew servant and if the servant will say plainly, I love my master and I choose to serve my master rather than living my life unto myself as I would want to live my life. Then his master shall bring him to the door or under the doorpost and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl and he shall serve him for Forever. So the bride of Yeshua is to love the bridegroom with everything that she has with pure love devotion to him. Psalm chapter 40 verses 6 and 7. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire my ears you have pierced. And so the piercing of the ears goes back to what was done to a bondservant who said that he was going to by his own free will choose to serve his master with love and in devotion. And so then we see that Yeshua requires that his bride love him with all her heart. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? What does he require? And among the things that he requires is the following, that you're to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So we see that the bride of Yeshua loves Yeshua with her whole heart. Mark chapter 12 verse 33. And to love him with all the heart and with all all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And so the bride of Yeshua loves him by following his Torah or keeping his commandments. Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. So when he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, he was referring back to the very first place in the Bible where we see the phrase, love me and keep my commandments. And this is found in the chapter on the giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, it is written, And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And so who is the one that said, love me and keep my commandments? It's the one that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. So it says in Exodus chapter 12, verse 2, I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. So the one that brought the children of Israel said, love me and keep my commandments. Yeshua said in John, 14 verse 15, love me and keep my commandments. So Yeshua not only created the heavens and the earth, Yeshua not only made covenant with Abraham, but Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, and he's the one that redeemed his bride out of Egypt to serve him on the mountain, to follow and keep his Torah. So as we saw earlier in the teaching that in looking at the first word of the Bible, Breshit, that you can separate the bet, the first letter
letter of the first word Breshit, and it can be rendered in Hebrew grammar for the sake of the beginning. The world was made for the sake of the beginning, and we looked at that Israel, Torah, and the Messiah are called the beginning, and so the beginning is going to be in covenant with each other. So Israel, Torah, and the Messiah, and being in covenant with each other, they are one. They are inseparable. And so in the book, In the Garden of Korah, by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, on page four, he writes, Israel, Torah, and the Holy One, blessed be he, is one. And so Israel, the Torah, and the Messiah are one, and this unity of oneness is going to come together at Mount Sinai. And so his people at Mount Sinai is the house of Jacob. The house of Jacob at Mount Sinai is the literal house of Jacob. And so in the New Covenant, those who are part of Messiah's New Covenant, as Paul explained in Romans chapter 11, verse 17 and verse 24, that they are grafted in. And so Yeshua's bride of the New Covenant, this is the redeemed house of Jacob. So Yeshua, his Torah, and his bride, the redeemed house of Jacob, are one as well. Now, in order to be married, the bride and the groom have to have one heart and and one mind in marrying each other. And so we see the condition at Mount Sinai where there's going to be a marriage that's going to take place between the one that gave the Torah, who's the bridegroom, to his bride that he redeemed out of Egypt, that at Mount Sinai, his people is going to be one. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 2, it is written, And they departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness and there Israel camped before the mount. And so if we look at this in the Hebrew, it can be read, he camped. And so it says, in Israel camped there. It does not say they camped, but he camped. And so from this, we can see that there was a, a oneness or a unity of the one at Mount Sinai was in oneness with his people. Now at Mount Sinai, there was a marriage. There was a betrothal. There was a renewing of the relationship. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2, it is written, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your espousal when you went after me in the wilderness. So the word espousal is the Strong's number 3623 in the Strong's Hebrew dictionary. It's a Hebrew word, kalula. And the Hebrew word for bride is kala. So contained within the word for betrothal, kalula is kala, which is bride. So we can see the connection in the Hebrew language and the association of a bride being married or a bride being betrothed. Now there's two main stages of a biblical marriage. The first is betrothal, which is what happened at Mount Sinai. And at betrothal, you are legally married to, but you do not physically dwell with. So Mount Sinai is associated with the betrothal. Then the second stage of the marriage is where you physically dwell with your spouse. And in Hebrew, that's referred to as Nisuin. And so the second stage of the marriage, the Messiah physically dwelling with his bride, is going to be associated with Mount Sinai, or the completion of the journey of the bride. And so a biblical name of the bride of Messiah is the nation of Israel or the house of Jacob. And this is who was at Mount Sinai. Exodus chapter 19 verse 3. And Moses went up unto God and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. And so 
Messiah's family is the house of Jacob. And we're told in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33, that Yeshua in Luke chapter 1, verse 33, is going to reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Who's this house of Jacob that he's going to rule over forever? It's the redeemed house of Jacob. It's his bride who broke the covenant, who repents and returns unto him. And he receives her and there's restoration, reconciliation of the relationship. And she loves him with all her heart through the help and the dwelling of his spirit. So if there was a marriage that took place at Mount Sinai, there needed to be a marriage proposal, a marriage offer. And what was the offer that Yeshua made to his bride at Mount Sinai, the nation of Israel, the house of Jacob? It was this in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. If you will obey my voice and keep my covenant. So the offer was to keep the covenant. The offer was to follow his Torah. Yeshua wants his bride to follow his Torah because she can't do it in her own ability because she gets tripped up by her flesh, by her carnal mind and the ways of the world. And she then, in doing so, exemplifies and shows a stony heart. He wants to have a bride who does not have a stony heart, but has a heart of flesh. And his Torah is written upon her heart by the Holy Spirit. But Yeshua's bride has to say, I do, to the marriage offer, just as Abraham said, I do, to the instruction to leave your house and your kindred and go to a place that I will show you. Exodus chapter 19, verse 8, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So the bride of Yeshua accepted the marriage offer. And so there's going to be a marriage that takes place between Yeshua and his bride, which is the purpose of creation. Yeshua, Torah, and Israel are the beginning. And so the beginning is going to be in covenant here at Mount Sinai. And this is going to be a fulfilling of the purpose of creation that Messiah wanted to have a bride that he would be able to live and dwell with first in the earth and then for all eternity in the new heavens and the new earth and in the new Jerusalem. And so their marriage agreement, which in Hebrew is called a ketubah or a marriage contract, is her pledging to follow his Torah. And so the bride is to follow and do the will of her bridegroom. Psalm chapter 40, verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God. Yes, your Torah is within my heart. The Torah written upon her heart is the new covenant. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, and Hebrews in chapter 8, verse 10. So the bride is to follow and do the will of her bridegroom. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, it is written, After this manner pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The bride of Yeshua must say, I do. She must be willing to follow him, follow his Torah, and to do his will on the earth. And so here at Mount Sinai, we see a fulfillment of the purpose of creation when Yeshua offered his Torah and the Torah was received by Yeshua's bride, the nation of Israel, the house of Jacob, and the Torah was received as a marriage covenant. And so we see they're putting this together, going back to the purpose of creation, that 
wisdom created the world, that Yeshua is wisdom, and the Torah is wisdom, and that not only wisdom created the world, but wisdom was before the foundations of the world, which means the Torah was before the foundation of the world, which means Yeshua was before the foundation of the world. So the purpose of creation is for the will of God to be manifested on the earth. So given that the Torah, or wisdom, existed before the creation of the heavens and the earth, the world was created so that the will of God could be manifested on the earth, and the will of God could only be manifested on the earth through Yeshua having a bride that his will, his Torah, could be written upon her heart, and she could perform his will, which is to follow his Torah, and this is going to be the purpose of creation. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, The Journey of the Bride. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.